Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, remember to be praying for Damar Hamlin and his family. Um, I heard there was a little improvement, and we don't know a lot of details. But uh, we will. if you don't know anything about that story, Mary and I talked a little bit about it at the beginning of our podcast. Was it Tuesday, Mayor? Mm-hmm. So, Tuesday, yep. so we will, I'll be doing a follow-up story on Monday's Stand up for the truth on more of a worldview perspective. It's fascinating to, to see the media outlets talking about prayer all of a sudden. And even on ESPN, one of the um, former NFL players was allowed to pray. Also on CNN, of all places, former uh, NFL player, outspoken pro-life Christian, uh, Benjamin Watson, talked to about the urgency of the hour and where people will spend eternity. So this is a fascinating moment, a cultural moment. It's Remember, football is just entertainment. But this story, because it was live on Monday Night Football and uh, DeMar Hamlin collapsed and the, the game was canceled, um, fascinating, I mean, in the first quarter. So we'll do an update on that. Again, check out Tuesday's podcast for uh, details on that story. We talked a little bit about the perspective on that. So um, today we're excited to uh, just talk to another brother in Christ who's been uh, influencing and informing a lot of believers and equipping people around the country on the worldview issues regarding Islam, uh, the Quran, um, how can Americans be more, American Christians be more ready to share the gospel, or at least in apologetics. We need to know how to defend the faith. So we're really happy to have back with us Usama Dakdok, founder of the Straight Way of Grace Ministry. Uh, he's a speaker and uh, he got a daily radio podcast revealing the truth about Islam. Uh, he speaks fluent Arabic and translated the Quran into English. He's also the author of Exposing the Truth about the Quran and Exposing the Truth about Jihad. Uh, Usama Dakdok, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Thank you, brother David. It's always my joy to be with you and Sister Mary and all your wonderful audience. Well, praise God for you. Um, I want to say, yesterday I talked to a friend from upstate New York, um, Brother John. If you're listening, he's, he listens to every podcast, so shout out to John. He sent me a picture of you with him when you spoke out there in a small town in New York, maybe, in 2015. So, um, you've got uh, friends over there that listen to this podcast. So we're all, we're all getting connected here. And Mary, I'll let you share with our audience when you heard Usama. Yes, my husband and I attended a presentation in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin in 2011. Wow. And it was very eye-opening and you have a much needed ministry. Thank so, you, sisters. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's start off with if people would like to inquire about having you come and speak at their church or event, Usama, do they just go to the website, thestraightway.org? You can do that, or you just simply call uh, 941-223-1703. That is Vicky's telephone number, and she has my schedule for uh, traveling because I stopped uh, scheduled people because I did some uh, mistakes in the past where I scheduled myself <laughs> in two separate states in the same Sunday morning. Oh, no. <laughs> so one was California and one was North Carolina. And oh, my. Uh, and you weren't able? Was not was not very happy with me, so I decided I'm not going <laughs> to schedule. Because people say, can you come? Sure, I'd love to come. <laughs> this Sunday? Yes, this Sunday. And people write it down. I never wrote it down. I didn't even know what I'm talking about. Uh-oh. So I let Vicky handle the uh, scheduling the uh, speaking engagement. So 941 Two two three one seven zero three. That is Vicky's number. Or they can go on our website and require okay. a speaking engagement. 
Wow. Well, I guess you learned uh, the hard way. You know, and that, sometimes that's all it takes. Just one, one big mistake like that, a double booking. Double booking. And, yeah. Hey, but, but you know what, Usama? Yeah. It's a good problem to have mm-hmm. when uh, people are well, interested. Uh, yeah. We, these days, I wish problem. Yes. So yes. COVID came and helped, uh, mm-hmm. helped the devil to have uh, quite a, a victory uh, of uh, cutting uh, speaking engagement mm-hmm. all over this country, all over the world, as a matter of fact. You know what? A lot of our guests uh, have said that very same thing over the last year or two, and things are uh, picking up a little bit for most of them uh, now, but it, it think, things changed um, quite a bit. Well, so. you know what? I think the Lord has a plan because yes, now I am super busy doing lots of interviews and do a lots of TV shows, a lot of do uh, radio broadcasts like this one here than ever. So maybe I'm, I don't have the small speaking engagement in churches, but mm-hmm. I have a bigger audience. In, in any of my speaking engagements, sometimes we hit the whole world. Literally, I have uh, up to some of the stations I, I work with, some of group, they have 6,000 people live, and they're living from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So God has a plan, and yes. his plan is uh, maybe shut the speaking engagement live one to... Uh, Using the internet, using the technology, using TV, where we can reach mm-hmm. the whole world in mm-hmm. one hour. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. I, and I have a question for you just to kick things off here. And I do believe that you have a much needed ministry because Americans tend to have pretty much no frame of reference to understand Islam. And so I guess my first question for you is why is it important for Americans and Christians in particular to be armed with an understanding of Islam in these times? Well, uh, it's, uh, that is very simple. If we, are, if we do not have the knowledge, we taking ourselves to uh, the road of destruction. The Bible is very clear. Hosea 4, 6, my favorite verse, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And as we'll be talking today about Jesus, Muslims think they know Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Christians assume that Muslims know Jesus. That's why they never share Jesus with them. So it is double lost. Muslims do not know the truth. Christians don't have the uh, the uh, uh, the privilege or the great opportunity to share Jesus with the Muslims because we're all assuming that we know what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. in reality, we do not know and Muslims do not know. So the more we know, the better we are equipped mm-hmm. to share the gospel with the Muslim people or anybody else around us. I'd like to ask you, since we just celebrated Christmas, um, what Muslims believe about Jesus and Mary. But before we do that, Usama, when did your ministry begin, and how did you kick off uh, the straight way of grace? It uh, began roughly one year before September 11, actually, when I decided to leave the United States of America and join the uh, International Mission Board to do ministry overseas. So I uh, I discovered that I have to have a degree to be able to do this ministry full-time, I went to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, where I finished my bachelor's degree, and then I got my master's degree in theology. Hmm. And during that, obviously, first year, uh, after the first two semesters, we have September 11, and that hmm. changed everything. Uh, so now I have to stay in America and do this ministry. Hmm. So it's a good, maybe, uh, 19 years or so uh, old ministry. Wow. Praise God. you got a big anniversary coming up then. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, Usama, now let's uh, clear up any confusion people might have when, uh, of course, we've heard the lie that uh, Christians and Muslims believe in the same God. Um, yes. But let's just talk about Jesus. We just celebrated Jesus. We know it. The miracle, the incarnation, the Word becoming flesh and the miraculous birth and then life and then death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, a lot of contrasts uh, with Muhammad for those of us who know the Bible, but for the general average population, they, they might be thinking a lot of it's the same. So let's talk about some distinctions, starting with the Christmas story. Sure. Uh, before even you get to that, if you talk generally to Muslim, if it's a, a, a genuine Muslim, a Muslim imam, or a Muslim who knows nothing about Islam, uh, and you say, do you believe in Jesus? Obviously, the answer is yes, we believe in Jesus. Hmm. And if we leave it there, guess what? We lose and Muslims lose because the truth have never been told. Hmm. Uh, so you, we, we need to ask some questions. And in Muslims are not allowed to ask questions. Muslims are not used to ask questions. Allah's word in Quran chapter one verse uh, uh, chapter five verse one hundred and one is clear. Don't ask. Wow. Because when people ask, they become infidels. But we need to change that. We need to get to the Muslims uh, mind, heart, and soul, and ask the question and open 
as their belief in a deeper level, so we know for sure if they know what they're saying or not. So if you ask the Muslim, what do you mean you believe in Jesus? You'd be shocked that he is a good teacher. He's a good man. He's a good prophet. Wait a minute. What do you mean he's a good teacher? Well, he, he taught wonderful things. Like, like what? And then you'd be surprised that uh. even Muslim imams don't have the answer. Wow. So start asking them this question about what they say, and you'd be surprised they do not know what they're saying. Or they know what they're saying, but they are using deception to make you believe and what you want to hear out of them is what they believe. In reality, they don't. So Jesus, a good teacher, taught in John fourteen six, I am the way, yes. the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Then ask the Muslims, do you believe in that? This is his teaching. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Of course not. Well, and you, as you, the more you go on with different teaching of Jesus, you'll be surprised that according to the true ideology of Islam, the teaching of Allah in the Quran and Muhammad in the Hadith, Jesus could not be a good teacher, but he's a bad teacher. Well, what about a good man? Well, Muslims believe Jesus is a good man because that's what they taught all their lives. Ask the same question. What do you mean he's a good man? Can you share with me things he lived and things he did make, which makes him a good man? Well, surprise again. There's no answer. Now share with the Muslims from the scripture. Here's what Jesus did. He forgave sins. He actually uh, uh, accepted the worship of his disciples. Wait, wait a minute. That does not make him a good man in Islam. That makes him a bad man, a blasphemer. He must be stoned to death. When the Jew picked up the rock to stone Jesus after so many of the great things he had done, it was not out of emptiness. It's because the Jewish belief which fit any logical belief. If a man claimed to be a prophet, uh, claimed to be a god, and, 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 and he is not God, he is a blasphemer. He must be stoned to death. So Muslim, if Muhammad is alive today and heard the same things Jesus said and did, which make him God Almighty, a king in the flesh, he will pick up a rock or a stone and, and, and throw on Jesus to kill him. Hmm. So Jesus is no longer a good teacher. Jesus not longer is no longer... A, a, a good man, but he's a bad teacher and a blasphemer. What about the prophet? Similar to the other two very important points, that we found that Jesus prophesied. That's what made, made him a prophet. Now, as the Muslim people, what do you think of these prophecies of Jesus in the Bible? He prophesied that he will be given to the Gentiles, that they will be mocking him, that they will beat him, that they will crucify him. He will, be die, he will die on the cross, and he will rise again on the third day. Do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross? Of course not. So guess what we have in the end of the conversation? We found out that Jesus is a bad man. He's a blasphemer. He is not God who came in the flesh, uh, which means he's a false prophet. Uh, he did not die on the cross. He never rose from the dead. So what do Muslims know about Jesus? They know nothing. By this introduction, I will come up to your question. The birth of Jesus. Muslims all over the world believe in the birth of Jesus. As a matter of fact, we just got new decrees or fatwa given by the top Muslim theologian of, the, of this uh, recently last year who said that Muslims can celebrate the birth of Jesus. Which Jesus? Mm -hmm. You see, we get excited here in the West when we hear that Muslims are going to be celebrating Christmas. No, they're not celebrating the birth of our Jesus. They're celebrating the birth of Isa, son of Mary. Who is Isa? Well, that's the name for Jesus in the Arabic language. That's mm. a lie. The name for Jesus in the Arabic language is Yeshua, mm. which is the Hebrew Yeshua, which means Savior. God saves. Now, that's not what Muslims know. And uh, as we will look a little bit later here to the study of what the Quran teach about the birth of Jesus, you found that not only the Quran contradicts the Bible about the birth of Isa, son of Mary, but the Quran contradicts the Quran. <laughs> so this is a bigger problem because Muslims assume that they believe in the birth of Jesus and now they can celebrate the birth of Jesus, but in reality they're not talking about our Jesus at all. That is a new gospel. Wow. That is a curse from heaven. Hmm. Wow. As you're talking, I can't help but think of Chrislam, you know, that dialectic that has invaded the church. And I don't know. Chrislam. Yeah, Chrislam, right? Yeah. A, a, the morph of a dialectic between Christianity and Islam that really just removes any desire to uh, talk to Muslims about Jesus. It just totally negates or wipes out the need for them to hear the gospel. Do you find that Chrislam is 
more or less prevalent in the church? Was that just a fad that came and went? And, is, and what do you think? It is sad truth, my dear sister. Islam is a movement started by the Muslims in America. Oh. And you will not see Islam in where I come from in Egypt. They could not do that there. Actually, they don't want to talk about Jesus there. It is like a, a no-no for a Muslim to carry conversation with a Christian about Jesus. But here in America, and where they launch that movement, it's not in some conservative churches. Sadly, it is in liberal churches. I see Islam movement growing in gay and lesbian churches in America. Interesting. Who would say that gay and lesbian know Jesus and they worship Jesus, and that's how they, as the Muslims, are going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Wow. And sadly, that movement also, you see it among, it's called interface movement. Mm-hmm. Interface movement, which is everybody is welcome, except born-again Christians. I'm not kidding you. Because yep. I attend some of them, as a matter of fact, if you go on our website, or you go online, YouTube, and watch some of the video where we took over the meeting, not because we're bully and we took over. No, they walk out of the meeting. I went to college in uh, in Orlando, Florida, and the the, the preacher was uh, a gay preacher. Oh, by the way, who committed suicide a few years ago, a couple of years ago or so. Hmm. It's a long story we can cover some other time. But he is a his church is a gay and lesbian church, big huge church in Orlando. And because we took we went there to the meeting, he walked out. He could not stand, even though it was everybody's welcome. So when we when you go to this meeting, found that some Jews who know nothing about the Old Testament. Some Christians who are not Christian at all, they're Christian in name only, gay and lesbian, and some wacko movement in America here. And, and some atheists who does not know what atheism is. And some this and some that. A bunch of people all get together and they hold hands, sing Kumbaya. So we could not even start with a prayer in that meeting. He said, everybody can pray. Wow. Okay. So an elder preacher stand up and he started praying in English. He said, no, no, sir, sir, sir. No, you cannot pray loud. You just pray quietly. Why? Because they can't handle the truth. Wow. When somebody's going to pray in an interface meeting, you cannot do that. Unless you talk general prayer. General prayer. Oh, who are almighty one out there? We don't know who you are. We have no idea where you're at. We, we, we can thank you. Oh, me. Are you kidding me? So wow. the, the, the title is good. Interface or Islam. But in reality, it has nothing to do with Christianity, right. and it has nothing to do with Islam. It's deception to mm. lead people to become Muslim. The whole wow. purpose of this movement is not to lead one Muslim to Christ, but literally to lead many Americans who do not know the truth of Christ and Christianity to become Muslims. And that is how the devil works. Boy, we've just got two minutes left here, but there, I know for a fact we... we dealt with one church, a pretty large church here in the area that uh, was supporting that movement and was even teaching about uh, Chrislam. Uh, what would you say to people, uh, Usama, that might be aware of some kind of program or teaching in their own church about this? And we've just got two minutes. It's very simple. It's very simple. When you go to this Chrislam movement, Chrislam meeting, ask the people who Jesus is. The, the, the greatest question Jesus ever asked his disciples, it's in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, yes. verse 13. When Jesus came into Caesarea of uh, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, that the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say this, some say that. He said, What do you say? Who do you say that I am? So ask the people who are doing this meeting, Who is Jesus Christ? And that will end the story. That will end the meeting. Is he God Almighty who came in the flesh? Mm-hmm. Or is he just a good teacher and a good man and a good prophet, as Muslims always claim? He can end that. We Muslims and Christians worship the same God. End it. Jesus says he is God. Jesus said that the, he and the Father are one. Jesus said the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the triune God. When you go to the Quran, if you know something about the Quran, quickly I'll share 572. Allah said, infidel indeed are those who said, surely Allah is the Christ, the Son of Mary. 573. Infidel indeed are those who said, surely Allah is the third of three. So if you believe that Jesus, son of the Virgin Mary, is God Almighty in the flesh, if you believe that God is a triune, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you are 100% an infidel. And you go to Quran 47.4 where Allah said, when you meet those who became infidel, strike the necks until you have made a great slaughter among them. Now you know that we cannot have Islam because Muslims, as Muslims, must behead 
the Christian for believing in Jesus Christ. Wow. God Almighty who came in the flesh. Wow. For those of you that missed that, it says strike the necks. Obviously, um, we have to talk about a whole lot more when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth with Usama Dakdok, the Straight Way of Grace Ministry. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Well, we're going to continue our conversation with Usama Dakdok. And first of all, Usama, you have a radio show or a podcast or both. Tell us how people can listen. Uh, the, uh, if you download the app from uh, VCY America, that's 12.30 every day. Uh, Central Time uh, in America. Okay, V Y V C Y. Yeah, but and it is revealing the truth about Islam. The name of our broadcast. Okay, V C Y America. Every day, did you say twelve thirty Central Time? Twelve thirty. Yes. Sir. Awesome. Okay, so now let's talk about Jesus, the incarnation. Let's talk about Mary, and what does the Quran teach? What does the average Muslim believe? Sure. Well, Muslim, they will tell you uh, some of them was naive. Uh, heart and some of them with deceptive hearts that they believe in the birth of Jesus and they celebrate the birth of Jesus. And some of them they will tell you that Jesus is mentioned in the Quran much more than Muhammad. Muhammad's only mentioned four times, but Jesus mentioned I don't know how many times, 18, 20 times. But in reality, the Jesus of Muhammad have nothing to do with the Jesus of the Bible. And by the way, it's not just Jesus. Every biblical name you hear Muslims speaking of, if you talk about Adam, if you talk about Noah, if you talk about Abraham or Moses, David or Solomon, it doesn't matter what names you're talking about. None of these names have accurate information to match what we have in our Bible. So the Quran is a counterfeit mm. book to that which is written in the Bible. We're going to prove that today, talking about the birth of Jesus. Now, the story of the birth of Isa, not Jesus, because Yeshua, the Hebrew Yeshua, was never mentioned once in the Quran. The name Jesus is never mentioned once in the Quran, but another guy by the name Isa. That story is actually written in the Quran in two different places. In Quran chapter 19, beginning from verse 16, and in Quran chapter 3, beginning from verse 42. Two times Allah spoke in the Quran about the birth of Isa. And if you examine these two uh, uh, locations, you find out, that not only the Quran contradicts the Bible, but the Quran contradicts the Quran. Mm. So quickly, because we only have an hour program. I wish we could have five, six hours to <laughs> cover this in depth, but that's okay. In in Quran chapter 19, verse 16, talking about uh, the birth of Isa as Muhammad claimed, that is what is written in the Bible. That is his claim. And in verse 16, we read, and remember in the book, Mary, when she went apart from her family to an eastern place. And verse 17, so she took a veil apart from them. So we sent our spirit to her, who appeared to her a normal human. Notice here, Allah in the Quran is talking about the book, the Bible. Mm-hmm. But what we're going to read in the Quran have nothing to do with what's in the Bible. And not only that what is written in the Quran does not match what's in the Bible, it does not even match the culture setting in Mary's days. Hmm. Whereas the Muslim, how old do you think Mary was at this time? They have no answer. Well, no. Logically, we know she's a young lady and she was able to get pregnant. She was able to have a healthy baby. We can assume roughly 14, 15 years old. 14, 15 years old young lady. Now, she went apart from her family. Does this happen in Mary's days, in her culture setting, that a girl turned 14 or 15 just decided to leave home and go somewhere else? No. Mm-hmm. No, no. That does not happen. The, the absence of Joseph, the fiancé of Mary, from the stories of the Quran, destroys everything else Muhammad talked about because it cannot be. She can leave to go with her fiancé to her home, and now she's a married woman, but she cannot leave on her own. This is not America in the year 2023 where a girl lived in California and she decided to move to New York when she turned 18. No, that, that's, that does not happen mm. in Mary's days. Okay. But in verse 17, we read that Allah sent to her his spirit. Who is the spirit of Allah? Muslims give you 19 different interpretations. And they all agree on this portion here in this marriage chapter 19 that that spirit of Allah is actually angel Gabriel. Now, how Angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, the Quran is very clear. Who appeared to her a normal human. 
a normal human, a guy, two hands, two ears, two eyes, you know, six feet tall, mustache and a beard, you know, that's a normal guy. Listen to the conversation in verse 18. She said, surely I seek refuge with the merciful from you if you were a fearer. He said, surely I am only a messenger of your Lord that I may grant to you a righteous son. Hmm. No, this conversation never happened in the Bible. Right. I mean, the story of the Quran here itself does not fit with what we read in the Bible at all. This is made up. Listen to her question in verse 20. How can I have a son when no man has touched me and I was not unchaste? Listen to the answer of the normal human who was talked to Mary in verse 21. He said, likewise, your Lord says, it is easy for me and we will make him, that is a baby, the son, a sign to the people and a mercy from us. And it was a decree matter. This is exactly word for word the conversation, the conversation between Mary and the angel Gabriel who appeared to her as a normal human. Now, I want to take you to Quran chapter 3 mm-hmm. and listen to what Allah said in Quran chapter 3 about the same story, okay. the same Mary. In verse 42 we read, and when the angels said, excuse me, what? Angels, malaika, plural. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. I thought Mary did not talk to angels. Yes. I, I thought Mary talked to a normal human, huh. a guy. And what they said, listen to the conversation. Oh, Mary, surely Allah has chosen you and purified you and chosen you above the women of the world. Chosen her twice. He forgot. He chose her earlier. So he chose her again. What? But that conversation, it was not written in Quran chapter 19, verse 16. Hmm. Listen to this is the story, verse 43. Oh Mary, be devout towards your Lord and worship and kneel with the kneelers. Now, these verses, these words, is not what is written in Quran chapter 19. And obviously it's not what is written in the Bible. Not in Luke, not in Matthew. That's right. You go to verse, uh, uh, verse 44, uh, 45. When the angel said, once again, angels, plural. So Mary was speaking to a bunch of angels. I don't know <laughs> how they all were speaking together in unity, but that's fine. doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, Mary, surely Allah gives you the good news with a word from him. His name is the Christ, Isa, son of Mary, exalted in this world and in the hereafter, and of the nearer. And he will speak to the people from the cradle. Literally, baby Isa spoke from the cradle. Yes, indeed. He spoke from birth. And in his old age, wait a minute. Kahlan, the word Kahlan in the Arabic language means real old man. Wow. You're talking about somebody 99, 101, 104, something like that. Well, how old was Jesus when he left the earth? 33, 34. How old do you think he is right now? Still 34. <laughs> He's not getting older in heaven. <laughs> and yeah. of the good. Listen to this. Listen to her question. She sure. said, Lord, I saw she's speaking to a bunch of angels. Now somehow the angels become a Lord. How can I have a son when no man has touched me? This is the same question we read in Quran chapter 19. How can I have a son when no man has touched me? Listen to his answer. He said, wait a minute. I saw she was speaking to a bunch of angels and he's speaking plural. Now he's become a singular guy. One person. He said, likewise. Allah creates what He will. Allah creates what He will when He makes a command. So He surely only says to it, be, so it will be. And then the rest of the verses of the Quran. You know, I read, I heard that one time in a big church in one of the, one of the states in America when a Muslim imam in a Christian, in the pulpit, read that verse, and the preacher, after he read, stood up in the same pulpit and said, that is the same thing we Christians believe about Jesus. I said, excuse me, what? Wow. Do you believe that Jesus was created by Allah? Or Jesus is the creator of all things? The Bible is very clear. Jesus is the Word of God, and He is the creator of all things. All things came to exist by Him. Mm-hmm. Go to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by Him. And in verse 14, and the word became flesh. So we celebrate in the birth of God Almighty, who became human. We Christians don't believe 
in Jesus the human who we made a God, no, he is God who chose to become a man. He's the one who emptied himself, taking a form of human, that he may suffer, that he may die, that he may pay for our sin, and he rose again on the third day. That is the message of Christianity. Allah did not create Isa, son of Mary, but Jesus, son of God, created mm-hmm. all things. Everything that we see in the universe, in the whole universe, is created by the Word of God, and the Word of God became flesh, John 1.14. Mm-hmm. So obviously... The story of Isa (laughs) in the Quran, chapter 19 and chapter 3, two separate stories. The birth of Isa in Quran, chapter 19, have nothing to do with the birth of Isa in chapter uh, uh, 3. And what's amazing, when you continue to read about the birth of Isa, where Jesus was born according to the Quran, and what happened immediately after his birth, that itself is a miracle, which we Christians don't believe in. Wow. Are you ready to hear some more? Yes. Do you have time? I don't know what is the time. Well, we, we've got about, let's see, uh, eight minutes in this segment, but oh, what, yeah, give, good, give us good. a time frame for when, when, um, the, the Quran was written and when all these things came sure. to be. What, wasn't it like four or five hundred years after the Bible was it written? It was actually six hundred years after Christ. Muhammad was born 570 AD. He claimed to be a prophet at 610 and he died 633. Uh, so obviously Muhammad died at the age of 63. He claimed to be a prophet at the age of 40. But, uh, so here is, here is the birth of Isa, which is itself is like a comedy. And verse uh, uh, 22 of Quran chapter 19, she conceived him, so she was draw with him to a remote place. So the pain of the childbirth came on her by the trunk of a palm tree. Notice, Joseph does not exist. The manger is not there. Where Jesus was born in Bethlehem. No, no, Jesus was born outside in the woods, somewhere under some palm tree. So she said, Mary said, Oh, I wish that I have died before this, and I was forgotten, forgetting. So he, that is Isa, son of Mary, called her from below her. Do not grieve. Indeed, your Lord has made a creek under you, in verse 25, and shake the trunk of a palm tree towards you. It will drop fresh ripe date to you. So eat and drink and please the eye. And if you see any human, so say, surely I have vowed a fast to the merciful. So I will not talk to any human today. Mm. So the story is very simple. Mary burst her baby Isa under a palm tree. And he came out of her belly, not crying, Mama, wah, wah, Mama. No, no, no. <laughs> Big words. He spoke. Isa, son of Mary, he actually spoke like a grown-up man. And shake the trunk of a, of, of a palm tree towards you. Can you imagine that? If you can imagine with me, this is a miracle. Wow. <laughs> we Christians believe Jesus performed many miracles. But we've been, we know for sure that the first miracle Jesus performed was changing the water to wine in the wedding of Galilee. Mm-hmm. That is, he was 30 years old. Here, in verse 24, he spoke from birth. So he cried, or he called her from below her. Do not grieve. Indeed, your Lord has made a creek under you. And uh, the miracle of shaking the tree, I know... I don't know how many of your wonderful audience has have birthed a baby, and but I talk to all the women I know in my life and I ask the same question about after having your first boy or first girl, did you have the energy and the strength to shake a, a tree, a palm tree? And all of them said no. But somehow Mary was able to have the strength. So you're talking about 14, 15 years old young lady. She just had her first baby born. After the pain of the childbirth, which Muhammad speaks of in the Quran here. I mean, literally, I'm not making this up. She conceived and so draws him to a remote place. So the pain of the childbirth came on her. And when a child at the age of 14, 15, a young girl, have a baby, birth baby, that is very painful. That's why she said in the Quran, I wish I had died. It was so painful. Hmm. But somehow she got the strength of the macho man, and she can shake the trunk of a palm tree. And what is so amazing, Ibn Kassir, the great Muslim scholar, will tell you that the problem is not shaking the tree. The problem is that tree was a headless tree. It's a dead tree. The head of the tree is gone. 
And somehow when she starts shaking it, Allah perform a miracle. And the date, ripe date, falls from the tree. So she ate and drank. And notice, in the early verses, Allah said, she will have a righteous son. I may grant you a righteous son. That's Quran 19, 19. And now listen to what this righteous son is telling his mama. Eat and drink and please the eye. In verse 26, so if you see in human, so say, surely I have vowed. I fast to the merciful. I'm sorry. If Mary is eating, she's no longer fasting. If she's drinking, she's no longer fasting. And for sure, if she eat and drink it and bleeds her eyes, that means she is not fasting. Why in the world Isa will ask his mama to lie? What kind of righteous son would teach his mama talking baby? Hmm. I know, I know, I watch cartoon all the time. And people sometimes get surprised. I know that in cartoon, everything talks. I mean, <laughs> nothing. I love Tom and Jerry when they start talking. I saw them each, all my life. They never talk. The black and white old cartoon. Now Tom and Jerry talk in, the, in some of the cartoon. But baby Isa could not talk. Because if that happened, it would be a miracle. And if that happened, he will never ask his mama to lie. Eat and drink. And if you see anybody, so say, I vow I fast. Quickly, I share... Muslims come up with the answer for this problem by saying she was not fasting of eating and drinking, but she is fasting of talking because she said what? I will not talk to any human today. But if you listen carefully to the verse, so if you see any human, so say, surely I have vowed a fast to the merciful, so I will not talk to any human today. That's 18 words. She's going to speak 18 words at the same time she is fast of talking? Wow. Please. That's interesting. Please. No. So, but, so here's that. Quickly, I say that the verse, the verse of Isa, son of Mary, in Quran chapter 19, contradicts the, the birth of Jesus in the Bible. The birth of Isa in Quran chapter 3 contradicts the, 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 the birth of Jesus in the Bible. And what is worse, that the Quran contradicts the Quran. Two different stories, two different information, two different... Uh, it's like you're talking about two different Jesuses mm-hmm. in the Quran. No, mm-hmm. Muhammad confused himself and his mm-hmm. people. And the contradiction is a great evidence that the Quran is not from Allah. Wow. Or from God, as Muhammad claimed. Because the Quran said... Have they not considered the Quran? If it was from others than Allah, they would have found in it many inconsistencies. And believe me, mm-hmm. the Quran is loaded mm-hmm. with consistencies. Yeah, Usama, it strikes me that, you know, wait, while you're talking, this is all very, very interesting, that God is not the author of confusion, and that's the thing that's coming sure. to mind. And yet, how difficult would it be to share the truth with a Muslim when there's so much contradiction. Um, if they know the Quran, because some of them don't. Yeah. Um, but we've got to talk a lot more when we come back. Um, a comparison between Jesus and Muhammad. We'll continue with Usama Dakdak. Also, we've got a story on a possible threat uh, from Al-Qaeda in America. We've heard about that coming up next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, let's dive right in here to some contradictions or comparisons between Jesus and Muhammad since we've just got about 15 minutes or so in this final segment, Usama. So let, let's just start uh, right off with uh, death and Jesus died and rose from the dead, but Muhammad died and stayed dead. That's a pretty stark contrast right there. Sure, sure. Uh, if, if you want to follow Muhammad, he's a dead man. And uh, But if you want to follow Jesus, he's God Almighty who rose from the dead. The tomb of Muhammad still there in the city of Medina. Everybody knows that if there's anything left of Muhammad's bones, it is there in the dirt in that uh, place. But the tomb of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ is empty because he rose again. And by the way, Christianity is not just the teaching of the New Testament, as people always try to emphasize. I can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our dear Muslim friends just using the scripture. When I talk about scripture, I'm talking about the Old Testament. I'm talking about prophecies written for hundreds of years before Christ. Because a lot of our dear Muslim friends, they think, well, you see, the verse of Jesus in the Bible does not match the verse of Jesus in the Quran because the truth is in the Quran. Which one? 19 or 3, because we, we just read to you contradictory story. But the truth of Jesus can be found not only in the New Testament, but all over the Old Testament Scripture. That is, the prophecies, the gospel of Jesus is 
written from Genesis to the book of Malachi before we even get to the book of Matthew. What we read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and the books of the New Testament is a fulfillment of that which was written about Jesus for hundreds of years before Christ came in the flesh. What about uh, marriage? We know that Jesus never married, but we've heard different stories about Muhammad having wives and marrying uh, a very young uh, girl. Can you tell sure. us about that? Muhammad. Well, when Muhammad lived in Mecca, he lived like a normal person, had one wife, and she was the boss. Obviously, he worked for her for quite some time, and then she proposed to him, and he married her. So while he was married to Khadija, he did not have a second wife. After Khadija died, he married multiple wives. We know the names of over 30 wives and many concubines, same number, but he actually lived with 11 wives. The youngest was Aisha. She was six years old when Muhammad married her, and he was 51. He did not consummate his marriage with her until she turned nine. So oh, he nine. Was 54, and she was nine. Jeez. But the Quran teaches, the Sharia teaches, a Muslim men have the right to be married to a little girl at birth, after she's born, a day old. But he will not be able to involve with her sexually until the age of eight or nine. That is Sharia. We just have a, a big imam in Turkey a few days ago marry his daughter, who is six years old, to a husband. So this is a sad thing. Muhammad was a noble example. He is, this, he is the one who established the sunnah, the way of life. So our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, did not come to have a wife, to have children. He came to save us. He came to die on the cross for our sin, and he rose again. Muhammad... It was a, just a sinful man, like any other man. He loved women. He loved uh, sexual relationships. That's why he got involved with many, including his own daughter-in-law, as the wife of his adopted son, Zayd. We read about that in Quran chapter 37. And, and so on, and many of the women whom he killed their husbands, their son, their fathers, and their, uh, and their brothers, and he had relationship with them on the same day, breaking the law, Sharia, which says if a, if a woman you know, uh, lost her husband by divorce or by death, she should wait for three months before she'd be involved with another husband. In case she's pregnant, the child would belong to the previous husband. No, Muhammad did not practice Sharia when he was involved with these women uh, sexually. In uh, the same day, he killed her husband. Hmm. So what about what we hear about? Uh, obviously, we know that Jesus uh, was a man of love, was a man of peace and compassion. Muhammad was a warrior. He actually killed a lot of people. And um, shouldn't that differentiate these two uh, leaders? Sure. Yep. Muhammad's words and his actions speak loud. He said, I have been commanded to uh, engage in war with people until they testify to the fact there is no God except Allah and believe in me and everything I have brought. So Muhammad uh, bragged about his riches, which come from the shadow of his sword or his spear. But our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ has taught us to love. Love those who love us? No. To love our enemies and to pray for those who uh, persecute us and bless those who are Christmas. This is the huge difference between the teaching and the life of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ and the sinful man Muhammad. Muhammad, in simple words, he was a child molester, a sex offender, a prophet pretender, a womanizer, an adulterer, a thief, a thug, a terrorist an evil, a savage man. And we can find all that by simply reading the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad. He spoke enough, and he wrote to us enough, and he did enough to know for sure that he is not a prophet or a messenger. He was a sinful, wicked man. Rusam, I have a question for you. Every time I, pretty much every time I hear the name Muhammad, it's the Prophet Muhammad. And we know that there is no prophecy in Islam, only Christianity, only the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who knows the end from the beginning, can prophesy or be a prophet. There are no prophecies he fulfilled, and he did not prophesy. So what's the nature of, or the reason for him being called the Prophet Muhammad? This is the, the ignorance of the people of the West. We respect everybody except Christ and uh, Christianity. So uh, we have a uh, presentation we actually uh, teach as a seminar. We have it as a 63 radio broadcast. People can go listen to it in our uh, archive, in our website. It's called Lies in the Textbooks. Lies in the Textbooks. But the Muslim, uh, given the uh, blessing of Mr. George W. Bush after September 11, 
to teach and write our children in our public schools. And the lies has been told enough and repeated enough that now everybody in America believes. We don't mm. talk about Muhammad by saying the child molested Muhammad, but call Prophet Muhammad. <laughs> Prophet Muhammad did this, Prophet Muhammad said that. We allow the Muslim to do that because simply we're ignorant of Muhammad or we don't want to hurt people's feelings. No, I'd rather for somebody to hurt my feeling and lead me to the truth mm-hmm. than to keep me uh, ignorant and uh, being fool of believing lies and then spend eternity in hell. Mm. Uh, so we need to stop calling Muhammad a prophet. I can, if, if people really need the title, I call the self-proclaimed prophet of Islam, okay. but he's not a prophet. Mm. There is no prophecy Muhammad ever shared to be, to give him the title prophet. Even the Quran clearly teach that the prophethood and the book and the wisdom was given to the children of Israel. Mm. Muhammad is not a child of Israel. He's not a Jew. So therefore, Muhammad cannot be a prophet. Well, we also know that he didn't fulfill any biblical prophecy, but Jesus fulfilled biblical prophecies about being the Messiah and um, sure. hundreds of prophecies. But let's let's move on now. We've just got about six minutes left. We wanted to get in this question about uh, Judicial Watch. Um, came up with an article saying uh, recently, this was on a couple of days ago, Al-Qaeda apparently has plans to use planes or attacking uh, Americans with new techniques or tactics. This is um, this just came out, and it said the threat um, it happens at the same time that America's federal air marshals are busy on the Mexican border, uh, providing illegal <laughs> immigrants with welfare checks, transportation, and other services. Sure. While this is going on, uh, this says according to Judicial Watch, Al Qaeda is planning attacks according to oh, yeah. the high-level Department of uh, Homeland Security. So sure. share, share you, about you're giving me a, yeah, you give me a question, need at least 60 minutes, and <laughs> I want to answer it in five minutes. <laughs> but that's okay. I can tell you this for a fact. I talked about that years ago. After September 11th, the American people did not learn a thing about mm-hmm. Islam, and we allow the Muslims to continue to work in our airports. There are plenty of Muslim pilots all over America. As a matter of fact, we've got Muslim pilots in our Air Force right now. Mm. And the, the, uh, the, uh, the idea is that Muslims will not attack us again. That is foolishness. And I said, we have not learned anything from September 11. And September 11 in the near future will be like a drop in a pocket. The next attack will literally uh, demolish America, will destroy America, because these people love death more than we love life. And the best thing they wish to do is to die for the sake of Allah. Wow. That is exactly they wish to do. And we got plenty of them have been in this country. Since September 11 until today, the number of Muslims come to America is quadruple the number of Muslims who came to America in the previous 50 years. So in the last 20 years, we got more Muslim jihadi in this country. And there's nothing you can do about it except we have to wait mm-hmm. until the day will come. And then American people will, will say, I wish we have learned from some mm-hmm. weirdo guy like Usama Dakhto who told us the truth about <laughs> Islam, but we did not believe in him because we thought he's exaggerating in everything he yeah. said. I, I'm surprised we haven't had a, a 9-11 type attack so far. It's been a long time. I have yeah. thought we'd have one much sooner. But I guess my question for you is, you know, with the open border, is the demographic changing just because of that in this country? More Muslims who want to run for office uh more desire for Sharia law in in this country. Has that changed our demographic and we're just asleep? Sure. Uh, You're talking about 82 Muslim men and women who run for office all over this country. Mm. And what is so amazing about them, all of them were Democrats, 82. That's historic. That history marks itself in America, 82. I don't believe, listen carefully, my dear friends, I don't believe we have 82 born-again Christian in the government of the United States of America. I challenge you to give me the names of 82 mm. born-again Christians. Yeah. But we got 82 Muslims. And notice now, all these Muslims, if you see the lady in hijab or not, you're going to see somebody like Ilhan Omar, and you're going to see one, someone like Rashida Talib. Rashida Talib put more makeup on her lips than you would put in a year, <laughs> in one time. Okay? So they're smart. They're picking up the people. Some of them will dressed like American fashionist dresses, and some of them dressed in hijab. And the men, some in beard, and some in suits and ties. You will never know that guy's a Muslim because they're dressed like Mr. Donald Trump. Yeah. Now, the comment about all these Muslim people is this. They all, when they swear to office, swear in the Quran. So they are Muslim in action the day they come to office. 
All of them, not realizing that Allah teaches the Muslim it is lawful to lie when you swear on the Quran. Listen to what the Quran said. Yep. Quran chapter 2 and verse 225. Allah will not hold you responsible for your mere utterance in an oath, but he will hold you resp- responsible for that which your heart gains. When you put your hand on the Quran, to swear to the office of any office in America, like this 82 people uh, who won already is going to be running this country the next two years. When you do that, you can do that with lie. Because the Quran teaches it's okay to lie when you give it As long as you didn't mean it in your heart. Did you mean it? No, then it's okay. You can lie and swear on the Quran. It's a sad story. Yeah, well, there's... Muslims are here in America to take over this country, not to live and enjoy the freedom we have in this country. Great. Well, there's a concept called takia, correct? And that, that means that sure. they, they can lie as long as it f- uh, continues the uh, agenda of Allah. Sure, that's Quran chapter 3 and verse 28. Yeah. It's very clear. Allah said, believers do not take infidels for, in- for friends, rather than believers. And whoever does this who has nothing to do with Allah, except, here's the word exception here, except that you should guard yourself from them cautiously. If a Muslim will pretend to take us as friends to guard, to protect themselves. That is the word taqiyya mean, you, 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 to protect or to guard yourself. It is okay for Muslims to take an infidel for friends. And notice in the interpretation of Al-Jalalain, he said, if you are afraid of them, you can take them as friends with your tongue, not with your heart. And that is before the might of Islam. And this can be practiced to whoever lives in a country he's not strong in it. Mm. Only Muslims practice taqiyya when there are few minority in a big country and they don't have strength. That's exactly what's happening in America right now. Yeah, we um, we are a generous people, a compassionate people. We, we often give others the benefit of the doubt. Um, we've got uh, religious pluralism here. We've got religious freedom and we're, we've been a little naive, and it, I believe you're right, Usama. I think it will catch up to us, unfortunately. But, um, uh, again, they can go to the Straight Way of Grace uh, on your website, but you've also got a Facebook page, The Straight Way of Grace, and you post uh, many of your interviews and programs there. Uh, what else would you like to share before we let you go? Just educate yourself, America. Give mm. yourself a copy of my Quran, my translation of the Quran, and read it. Once again, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The more you read, I'm not just asking you to read my books. I wrote five books, two booklets, and articles every month. But get other books. Read other people. Even read the lives of the Muslims. If you have the this, this spirit of discernment in you, if the whole spirit lives in you, you will read the Muslim writing, and you'll find out on your own that there is lies there. There is mm. deception there. Educate yourself and others. Yes. That's all I'm asking for you to do. Hey, thank you so much, Usama. It's great catching up with you again, and uh, Lord willing, we'll thank talk you. to you again. Uh, hey, don't, don't wait another 10 years now before you have me back. It was about six months. Now, come on. <laughs> oh, six months? Okay. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, you, uh, you, you get healthy. God bless you and your ministry. And thank you so much. We'll yes, talk to you next thank time. Thank you. appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye Mary. God bless you guys. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys, you can go to The Straight Way of Grace. Uh, it's on uh, Facebook. You can check that out. Also, you know, you can check out his website, of course, thestraightway.org. And tomorrow you will hear, Lord willing, from Pastor Chris Quintana. Oh, we're going to get in some trouble, as we always do with him, Absolutely. right, Mary? Oh, yeah. are you kidding? Yeah. All right, so that's tomorrow. Let me look ahead to next week. Jelaine Appling, Alex Newman, Seth Gruber, Gary Ka. Following week, uh, you'll hear Scott Shera. We've got Curtis Bowers coming on. It's been years. Um, Scott Lively, Bill Koenig, Marsha Montenegro. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.